This is Being Awesome with Rob Springer. I'm not a tattoo person. You know, I don't, I don't have anything against people who are. But I'm not really into them. It's not my thing. And you know, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. I've met other people who have the same, same, uh, I guess, mental state as I do uh, tour tattoos. Where you just kind of, you'll see one, you'll either go, oh, that's nice. or But for most part, it's like, oh, okay. It, you know, it just doesn't really do anything for you. And I'm just saying that to kind of preface this. A lot of times you'll, uh, when you're in a hobby such as this, you'll run into people who have tattoos of, say, Autobot symbols or whatever, and they'll sh- they're ready to show it to you at any second, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, or yeah. But when it's something like, say, they know you're a Transformers fan and they've got like a Decepticon logo on their arm, I guess they're expecting more out of you than just be like, Oh, hey, look at that, (laughs) you know, and uh, there used to be this guy I'd run into who had a horrible Transformers tattoo. It was an Autobot symbol that looked like it was colored by a four-year-old. Like it was just bad. It was like the, it was misshapen. One side was bigger than the other. Like it was just, it was bad. It was a bad job, but he was really proud of it. Like he was constantly like, yeah, check out my tattoo. And like just pulling that sleeve up any chance he got the, well, you know, I'm kind of attached, you know, any chance he got. And you'd always like, please don't show me that horrible tattoo. <laughs> and, um, I remember it started off. I had, uh, I was just out of college and I lived in this apartment that, uh, across the highway was a shopping center with like a Kroger, a Kmart, a little Caesars, stuff like that. And had like a blockbuster video. And often I would just walk from my apartment across the highway and go to the shopping center and get stuff like a couple of things from Kroger, you know, as a Taco Bell, sometimes I'd go get myself some dinner. I just walk across the, you know, it was a four lane highway, but it was right there at red light. You could just walk right across and people often did from the apartments, just walk over and get stuff instead of, cause it wasn't a convenient drive. You'd ha- even though it was across the street, you'd have to wait on traffic, turn, go down a block. You turn, come back up, turn in, and then going out the same way. But you could just walk out in one second, and for some reason, there'd be no oncoming traffic if you were walking. But I'd go over uh, often, you know, get some pizza or tacos or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times i go to that Blockbuster, because I always love video stores, you know. And Blockbuster became pretty much the only place in uh, my town after a certain point. And it was okay, because... Blockbuster had a lot of cool stuff, you know, not just videos. They'd have a good selection of games and oddball candies and snacks, or you buy a CD or something, you know, it was a pretty cool store. So I remember one time I walked into Blockbuster and I'm going to just, I was wearing like, uh, I think a pair of shorts and like a black t-shirt that had like a Decepticon symbol in the middle. Like this, I had bought it at a comic shop. It was like just a and I'd seen an Autobot variation of this. It wasn't limited to just Decepticons. And it was just like a circle. It was like gray. And the symbol was... 
It almost looked like it was silver in contrast to the gray, but it was just another, co another color of gray. And there's a silhouette of a robot in sort of a, yeah, like arm stretched out pose, like a victory or whatever pose over it, like a silhouette. I don't think it was licensed. So I think the generic robot over it kind of hit enough of it so this company could sell them. I always saw them at comic shops and whatnot. Um, and it was a kind of a generic transformer design. Like it wasn't clearly anyone, but it kind of looked like Macabre from the uh, UK comic. You know, he was in like three frames and it, the generic shape looked almost just like Macabre. And thing is it'd be on the Autobot shirt too. So I think just by pure coincidence, this generic shape they put over to keep themselves legal looked a whole lot like a really obscure character who was drawn in a comic just to get shot, you know? And, um, it became, I, I remember I'd wear it and I got to where I'd just say it's Macabre just because people was always, who is that guy? And I'd be like, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know? Well, I was in Blockbuster and, you know, even as much as I miss video stores and music stores, I don't miss the clerks. And I don't mean that in a mean way, just like a good half to three quarters of the time, maybe about half the time you'd end up with a kind of unpleasant person who's constantly, I guess, trying to show off their coolness or whatever, like, like. Yeah, I'm at Sam Goody, and the cashier uh, is trying to act like he's the roadie for Limp Biscuit or something. It's like, dude, I, you're a townie. <laughs> you know, he's always into all the coolest indie local bands or whatever. And like, yeah, I'm. Uh, look, it's a Faith No More Greatest Hits album. That's five bucks. Would you just shut up and ring it up? <laughs> you know, and you know the video stores. You know, you get the the clerk who's like a film snob like if you really want to watch a good movie it's like shut up so many brent critters okay <laughs> but i was there and there's two guys behind the counter and they're having that you know that conversation you always walk into them and i'm pretty sure you've had them before in your life too but you never notice it but you always walk onto someone having it where it's almost obnoxious and they're having a slightly show offy joking conversation about about something like how cool the everyone is over like oh, i know all right i know these things and everyone's like oh yeah yeah and um there's this one guy who worked there pretty normal i saw all the time and the other guy was this guy i told you i saw with the crappy autobot symbol tattoo and he would um luckily this is before he got the tattoo and they were saying stuff and the guy looked at me, he's like, he comes in here all the time. He knows, he knows a lot about this. And I was like, what's that? And the guy's like, he thinks he's the biggest Transformers fan in the world. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I, I, I literally was just renting a copy of Ghoulies to watch with a uh, bag of tacos. I just bought, yeah, I had the bag of tacos in my hand and I was like, oh, okay. And the guy's like, look in there. And he's like, and he asked me basically, and there's like, the guy's like, yeah, I'm the biggest Transformers fan in the world. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Let me print my video and go home. And I go check it, and they asked me this question, this really hard trivia question. You guys ready for this? 
the guy that was there all the time was like trying to remember the name of the other gun guy from Transformers, not Megatron, the one that turned into a purple laser gun. And the guy who knew everything about Transformers told him he was remembering Gundam. And they asked me, I was like, oh, you're talking about Shockwave? Yeah. And, you know, if you don't really know, I don't expect you to remember every character name. It's an innocent enough question. And the guy's like, yeah, Shockwave. He had like one eye and stuff. And like later, the guy's like, that guy was in Gundam. I'm the biggest Transformers fan in the world. And I was just like, and you don't know who Shockwave is? Okay. <laughs> like, shut up, you turd. And I was ringing up and the guy's like, I mean, I know. Who's that on your shirt? And I just looked and I was like, wait a minute, a Subticon symbol? Yeah, but who's the robot? I think that's a Gundam. And I was just like, I... You know, it's just an ill-defined shape. I, I keep thinking it's Macabre, but I don't really know who it's supposed to be. It's not Gundam. And he's like, no, I think it's Gundam. And I was like, dude, is Gundam just your go-to answer for every robot question you hear? And he ended up getting cheesed off. He goes, I just really know G1. I don't really know all that G2 Beast Wars stuff. And I'm like, I'm talking about G1. And he's like, no, I, I'm talking about real G1. And I was like, but you don't know who Shockwave is? He goes, you know, like Gundam Real G1. And I was like, okay, I'm going home. And I'm going to watch my crappy movie and uh, forget you're alive. Thanks. But then I got the fact where I would run into this guy everywhere across town. And he stopped being so standoffish. He was actually kind of a nice guy. Like, I remember I'd see him at a... There was this steak restaurant I'd go to or whatever. And um, I'd run into him. And the thing is, after a while, he got that crappy tattoo. And every time I'd see him, he'd, well, you know, I am uh, the biggest Transformer fan in the world. And he'd lift up his sleeve like he's showing his biceps and show me his horrible tattoo. That was a really long-winded intro. Because this is being awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. I'm Rob, and I think I just went for a record because we went like almost 10 minutes before... I got in the name of the show, but you know what? The name of the show is in the intro music. So I guess it, I really don't have to introduce the show and this is episode 99. So unless it's your first time and you know, it could be your first time listening to the show. You just saw it on a Google play or iTunes or something, or just saw a link across social network, or whatever, and clicked and decided to find out what this is. But a good chances are you probably know that this is. So I guess I don't have to introduce the show every time. But yeah, hi, I'm Rob. <laughs> this week in awesome, I'll be honest with you guys, not a whole lot happened this week. It was a slow news week. Pretty much the only things to really come out that I can remember right now is, and I'm trying not to be sarcastic, but we got another uh, news thing regarding Hascon. And the reason I'm trying not to be sarcastic is, a lot of people treat it like it was this big news blurb about Hascon, but it's just repackaged the same news they've already told us. Yeah, you already said this. It's all, all your brands in or under a roof. It's going to be a big show for everyone. I guess it's such so little news coming from this event. Yeah, this Hascon thing's weird. I'd like to go. I'd really like to go. I'm not going to, uh, mainly because there's just... Trying to put back some money. Want to buy a house. I was hoping to do it this year, but it looks like it might be next year. And uh, after the house, I think sometime in 19 or uh, 
2020, uh, we're going to go tra- take like a week vacation in Disney World. Stuff like that. Like, you know, kind of, those are, that's, those are like big expenses. So a cross country trip to a toy show may not be the most frugal idea in the world. I'd really like to go, but I'll be honest with you guys. I'm also kind of tired of traveling. I have a, I'd kind of, I'm kind of wanting to take a year out of traveling at least, maybe two years out of just traveling. Like if it was in the Southeast, no problem. Cause like Shardicon, TFCon, uh, Charlotte, that was like four hours away. That was not even anything, you know, that's not, that's, a, that's only technically traveling. Like as in, as a short road trip, like you might stop and get lunch <laughs> you know, it's not really much of a, a drive. I, I'm talking about the 13, 14 hour. I might have to take a plane. In fact, a large part of the experience is me traveling. I'm just, I think I'm just not going to take a little time off traveling. And that's a shame because I'd like to do a TFCon too. It's in DC this year, which is kind of an odd placement for a con because I don't know. Washington DC doesn't just roll off the tongue when you say a convention location, you know, but who knows? Maybe it's a really good place. And I just never thought about it before. I'd like to go to Pete's robot convention. You know, all, all stupid drama aside, it actually looks like it might be a pretty fun show. I'd like to see those dis- displays and stuff. And being a one day show is also kind of a, kind of a, kind of a selling point because it's like, yeah, Fort Wayne's really not that far away. I'd be like, go up Monday, go to show, come back Sunday. You know, that'd be kind of a cool little show to go to, but yeah, I'm not really going to any of this year. I'd like to, I'd like to, it's just not fitting in with what I want to do financially <laughs> and uh, getting a house is more important to me. And I really want to go to Disney. Like we were going to try to go in 18, like every two years, go to a theme park, but seeing that we're doing this house thing, we're kind of pushing that back some, because if you're wanting to buy a house, taking a trip, that's going to cost you a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> isn't the best idea. Um, so I want to get there either just in time or just after they open up the star Wars land thing. I think that's going to be awesome. And I think after that, after a couple more years later, after we pay off the trip, pay off the credit cards, we'll go do universal again. Cause I really want to go back there. I loved it there. I, um, I'm saying I'm not really traveling this year, but we're talking about going to, um, Helen, Helen, Georgia for Oktoberfest. Like just do like a three day weekend there. And it almost sounds like contradictory saying, I don't want to travel, but we're talking about doing Oktoberfest in Helen, Georgia. That's like an hour and a half away from here, maybe two hours on the north side of the state. So that's not really much of a trip either, but that's just sort of a, it's a cool area. It's like a, for those who don't know, you don't know, uh, Helen is like a, a traditional German town in the mountains of uh, Georgia. I think it's Bavarian, how they sell it. But it's like that, and they got those stu- old, old buildings and restaurants and all that, and it's just, it's pretty neat. So, Oktoberfest, which they make a big deal out of, going there for like a Saturday night, um, sounds fun, <laughs> you know. You know, speaking of uh, cool Transformers conventions, and that's the worst segue I could give this, news of a... Uh, Transformers The Last Night Toys showing up early has been kind of popping up all over the net the past week or so, and that's cool. I'm not really out shopping for toys this weekend because I just paid taxes, you know. The deadline day is, I think, the 18th, which is Wednesday. So the wife and I went ahead and just mailed them off this week, and we got groceries, and we're like, 
we don't want to really spend anything for like a week or two. <laughs> Good Lord. Nothing like sending out a large sum of money that you didn't want to pay to first off. Kind of make you not want to spend anything. Like, eh, just don't. I'm tired of spending money. That was my money, and now it's not my money. And I don't even know what it's going for. Like, I understand the power bill. I understand we'll buy groceries. <laughs> I understand the cable bill. And I see on the news and all that what tax dollars is going towards. But in day-to-day -day life, it's literally just like thousands of dollars just gone. And I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> like, well, there that's money I thought I had. I guess not. But, so I haven't really been out looking for these Transformers 5 toys. Uh, though I am getting excited because the Legions have been popping up. And the Tiny Turbo Changers have. And, of course, the uh, One-Step guys, who they're calling just Turbo Changers now, thankfully, because that's a better name. Um, those are starting to pop up. And those are what I'm really looking forward to. You know, I'm going to buy some of the regular Transformer movie toys. No doubt. I always do. But I'm probably going to buy more of these smaller things because that's just the way I think I prefer to buy movie toys. You know, I bought tons of the regular toys for the 07 movie and Revenge of the Fallen. And then in Age of Extinction, I bought a bunch of the regular toys and almost all of the Cyberverse. AOE comes out, Age of Extinction, and I was focusing on the smaller toys. Like, I bought my share of Deluxes and a couple of Voyagers. Um, I actually really like those two packs they had, like at Toys R Us and stuff, like the Then and Now packs, or Target had some cool two packs, you know, like the Chrome Optimus and uh, Grimlock, stuff like that. I really liked those. But I mainly focused on the uh, one-step changers and, like, Mashems and stuff like that, because I'm just like, I think this is just the way I like to buy the movie stuff better. You know. And it, it's something that absolutely doesn't affect anybody. <laughs> Because, like, I focused on, like, the Dinobots. And I got, like, Drift. Both versions of Drift. Stuff like that, you know. And I had so much fun. It's 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 just the way I enjoy things. But right now, going in this movie... And I'm really looking forward to this movie. You know, the point of a commercial or a trailer is to get you excited for the movie. And, um... Sell you on it. And it's doing a good job because it looks like a lot of fun. Now, the movie might not be good whatsoever. It could be horrible. But those trailers are really making me want to see it. So I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? I keep saying my theory about the odd-numbered Transformer movies are better than the even ones. Well, this is going to be an odd one, so maybe that'll play out again for me. Which is funny because I had said before on here how I, even though it was cool to watch, didn't enjoy Age of Extinction... And, you know, I bought the DVD when it came out on DVD. Because I you know, always buy them. I like to have them. But I never watched it. <laughs> like, it's still sitting there sealed. The little Creons that it came with sealed in there with the box with it. Now, you know, I got the Toys R Us version. And they're, they're just in there in a bookshelf, you know. And I was like, I'm going to make myself watch this thing again. But I was so disappointed in that. I mean, there's the things I liked. I liked the Dinobots, even though they were barely in it. That, that was part, I think that's really what made me disappointed, to be honest with you guys. And, um, a lot of people give it derision, but I liked those, uh, 
man-made Decepticons. That was kind of a neat, really neat thing that I wish was fleshed out a little more. Not that I like the I necessarily like the idea of man-made Transformers, but that was like, and I'm probably going to face some flack for saying this. That is something straight out of the G1 cartoon. Like, if you ever pick up these prose text stories, they'll come with some odd e-hobby release or whatever. They'll be like man-made Transformers mixed in with the ones from Cybertron and stuff like that. It's it's really common. And, you know, it's not even just that. Like, the uh, Fun Pub Generation 2 comics. Those Generation 2 Autobots were Transformers born on Earth of Earthen design. And, you know, they'd given them life with Vector, Sigma, Magic Doohickeys and stuff. and But they'd made their own Transformers on Earth. That's why they were the second generation, you know. And I know people didn't like to transform them. But if you don't, if you're like me... And you're just watching the movie. It didn't bother you whatsoever. In fact, I thought it was kind of neat because it's like these guys are made of particles. When they were shooting them, they should have just exploded in particles and reformed like Sandman or something. That probably would have sold the concept better. But I really liked Stinger. In fact, I remember there was one thing was uh, <clears throat> watching those reviews of all the different Decepticons. And, you know, they, they reuse those assets. Like, you'll see generic Decepticons from the prior movies. Or, hey, what's Starscream doing in the background with a different head <laughs> or whatever? And he was like, hey, there's that one double-headed guy that looked like Shockwave. And, you know, a lot of people thought, what's the, what's the chance of Stinger's got Starscream's leftover bits in him and maybe he's like Starscream or whatever. And I really liked Stinger for no reason. Cause he was literally a face like a, he was a bad guy with a name who didn't really do much in the movie, but have a cool fight sequence or two, but I really dug him. And like, I remember buying um Walmart was really all about Stinger. They had a ton, just ton of Stinger merchandise. And like, I remember to back to school, came out and they had the little notebooks and all that and they would they plastered him all over him. I, I was sold on Stinger and I don't know why, but I still am. I hope he shows back up in the new movie. And yeah, he he got killed at the end of the last movie. But they could literally just stick him back in and be like, yeah, that was some other dude where we rebuilt him and no one would <laughs> put that much attention into it. I just want more Stinger toys. I, I didn't get that deluxe version of him. I've always regretted that. I uh, I wanted it. But I guess I uh didn't feel like ordering the uh, import version or whatever. So I never got it. You know, I got all these other versions like these legions and the one step guy and all that. There's something, there's something neat about him. I can't place what it was, but the point I was saying was, um, I don't know if I said this here before, but I've said it before. If you watch the TV edits of those transformers movies, they're better movies when they're edited for TV. And I'm not just talking about, they kind of tone down some of the over the topness of it. Like the editing makes it a little punchier and it kind of just flows a little better. And I first discovered this uh, years ago. ABC made this big deal about the world television premiere of Transformers. You know, it wasn't that long after the 07 movie came out. I think it was not that long after Revenge of the Fallen came out, you know, and hype was all over the place. And I was watching it thinking, and you know, I've not seen it a few times. I saw the original at that at premiere at BotCon that year and then... I remember when I got back, it was 4th of July weekend and went to go see it with my mom and 
my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she didn't come to BotCon with me. She went with us. And then later on that week, my brother wanted to go and he wanted me to come with him. So I went and saw it with him. I saw it enough times. I bought it on video. It was just a better movie edited for TV. Like it worked out better. And what's that channel's name? FX. I always want to call it F XF for some reason. The Fox cable channel. They show like those movies all the time during the day. And that's when I really watch TV is daytime TV. I watch it on daytime and then weekends. And uh, they'll, they'll show those movies over and over. And it's the edited for TV versions. They're just better movies edited for TV. Like they're edited better, you know. And uh, like I, I've said a million times, I genuinely, genuinely really like Dark of the Moon. I love that movie. But I am not going to lie. It drags a little in the middle. You know, it's, it, they kind of pad it out for time. That, that's a lot of time with these big Hollywood, big budget movies. It's in vogue to make them almost three hours or whatever. Well, and uh, it's clear as day in a lot of them where they just kind of pad it out to make it three hours. And it certainly is padded out in the middle. I'm not even going to lie. I, I notice it every time. I don't mind it so much because I really like the movie. But I'm not going to ignore the obvious plot padding that goes on. Like, here's some extra scenes of Sam looking sad about Bumblebee, <laughs> you know. So, like, that little edited for TV, it was, it was a better movie. And it was already a movie I liked. Well, being that said, they've started showing Age of Extinction on FX. And maybe two weeks ago. It was Sunday when the wife and I were... We'd ate dinner. We'd actually had, uh, went out Sunday morning to get groceries. We usually do it Saturday, but for some reason... Oh, I remember. It was the day after my after we went out for my birthday with my mom. You know, she came over that following weekend. We went to go dinner and all that. And we just kind of spent all day doing that. We're like, let's just go Sunday morning and get groceries instead of going out. We're tired. And um, we went out. We both woke up like early Sunday for some reason. I can't explain it. We just went ahead and like... Went to Toys R Us because I had all this birthday money mom gave me and got the Chaos on Velocitron set. I think it was only a hundred bucks. Some people are trying to scalp it for way more, which is just unscrupulous because <laughs> it's just at your Toys R Us for a hundred. But, um, and I had like twenty dollars, uh, rewards points from buying my Switch, so it ended up being like eighty. And I think, um, I got some other things too, like I got this cool Power Rangers bag and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm going off on tangents here. We didn't got groceries, and we came back, and we're just kind of watching TV. And I remember um, when I went to the bathroom, she pulled off the uh, '90s Power Ranger, the first '90s Power Ranger movie, off of In Demand to surprise me. I come in the room like I put it on a movie for you, and we watched it laughing, you know. And it went off, and she was uh, playing playing Zelda on the Switch in portable mode, and I just started trying to find something to watch and. There was the end of Age of Extinction on FX, and I was like, yeah, sure, you know. And earlier that week, I remember getting ready for work, flipping across there and watching that scene where Optimus and the Autobots invade the uh, plant, where uh, not Steve Jobs is making them. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I like this part. This is part of the movie I liked. And here I was watching the end of the big fight scene, and... That's the good thing about the Michael Bay movies. The man knows how to make a giant special effects fight scene that you can just watch and go, wow. 
You know, there's always someone giving generic criticism or smart-ass responses or whatever. And I'm going to tell you guys, you have a mute option on Twitter. Or you can have unfollow, because it's like, you know, people just suck. You magically hate everything. Go figure. Just magically. Oh, hey, wow, something's popular. You just magically hate it for some reason. Hmm. It has... The, everyone's talking about this thing they really like, and this person magically hate, Unfollow. This person sucks. <laughs> Um, anyway, and I, I, I watched it and I was like, it seemed punchier. And I was like, you know, edited for TV. That's right. All these other ones I watch from edited for TV there. I enjoy them more. So the following day I was looking for something to watch and went ahead and just is in demand free. Like, let me watch this movie again. And I enjoyed it a lot better. It was just edited better for TV. They, they sped up some stuff They kind of cut out some stuff. It was punch. It worked better. It wasn't just a, a bunch of scenes strung together. You know, it was like a flowing narrative and that's not ignoring the movie's faults. You know, I just said the, uh, Hollywood studio filler. They put in the middle of these things to pad them out, to make them seem like epic length of three hour movies. The movie still completely drags in the middle there. And there's still that completely unnecessary, statutory rape part which has no there's so many people behind the making of that movie that you have to wonder how did that even get through (laughs) you know the romeo and juliet card thing and what look i don't know about you guys but it is so common for a senior in high school to be dating someone in college like that is so common there is literally Like, it's not, it's really pretty common for, like, a junior or senior in high school to be dating a freshman or sophomore in college where they were still together and one graduated or whatever and some, and they're still together. They just hadn't broken up. That's, he didn't even have to explain it. Like, a girl who's fixing to graduate college is dating, I mean, fixing to graduate high school has got a boyfriend who's in college. That's just a, the father doesn't approve of this thing and move on. You don't have to get gross with it, you know. Yeah, I didn't approve of that part. That was stupid. <laughs> but aside from all that, it worked together a lot better. So it's really helped me get more into spirit for uh, The Last Tonight. I'm really looking forward to it more because I'm just recharged, looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go grab me a bunch of those Tiny Titans. I'm, I'm so excited to get those and the Legions and the Turbo Changers. I can't wait. I said Tiny Titans, Tiny Turbo Changers. I can't wait to get them. They're, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's so weird because it's like... Titans Return is pretty much 100% satisfying all my needs in Transformer toys right now. Like, I still buy uh, Robots in Disguise. I buy all the Legions, of course. And I buy... I want the Crash Combiners. I want all those. And whenever those Combiner teams coming out happen, I'll probably get those. And it's like the Odd Warrior toy. Because, you know, I'm not talking smack about the line. But they're kind of repainting the same toys over and over for the most part, you know. I want to get Ratchet, but like, you know, I got, what's his name, Blast Shot and Storm Jet, I got their names, the Blast Wave, excuse me, and Storm Shot, I've got those guys, those are great, you know, but Titans 100% got me satisfied, like I am just 100% satisfied in my Transformers toys buying right now, and I see these movies and I'm getting excited, and I'm like, I know I'm going to end up getting some Deluxes and Voyagers and maybe a leader or two. 
got, I am buying the crap out of those smaller things. And I was about to say haters are going to hate, but why, why are these people hating other people's toy purchases? There's like real world problems. There's like wars and stuff. Yeesh. Well, guys, I have rambled on so long already that let's go to the Q&A portion of the show, which everyone knows the Q&A is fed from a thread in Talk Transformers, the official talking place of Transformers. Of Transformers. Did you guys hear that? Of being awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun. And uh, we're pretty good on content, but, you know, I'll put the thread up every so often asking for content for this part, and I get filled up, and I put in a queue. And this week, the question from the queue I'm going to read is from Eric Crowbar, who said, who asks, Why do you think Transformers movie video games are getting less popular? One, two, and three each had their own, and four got half of one with Dark Spark, also being a Fall of Cybertron sequel. But now there's no Last Night video game. Why? Eric, the game changed on us, essentially. No pun intended. As cool as we like these video games, they're licensed tie-ins. And like, say, War of Cybertron or whatever, that was more... Uh, had more in common with, say, a, a game like Batman Arkham Asylum, where they take licensed characters and make a uh, original AAA-style video game from it. The movie games are, are licensed tie-ins. Licensed tie-ins over the past few years have been inching toward to just being freemium games on mobile devices, you know, free-to-play and paid game content. Because they're ultimately just merchandising. They're ultimately just advertising. You know, like I said time and time again how much I love like that Bumblebee Snickers bar. That's a pro cross-promotional thing where Snickers is taking the popularity of this new movie to sell more candy bars and the movie studios using this as more advertisement because here's this movie logo all over all these candy bars, you know, that type of thing. And these licensed games are pretty much just that. Like that's why people say, Hey, why are licensed games usually just kind of shoveled together games? And it's like, well, because it's just a cash in opportunity for the most part, you know, the, these companies are like, they know finding Nemo is going to be a huge game. So they're going to put together a finding Nemo game and, it may not sell bankers right off the bat, but come Christmas time, here's grandma or whatever at the store buying something for little Johnny for Christmas. And, oh, he liked that Finding Nemo. There's a game. I'll buy that. And they bank, they just make a ton of money off of them because of name recognition alone. And once again, here's the new Transformers Age of Night game. Here, you know, here's the movie. It's big. Here's the game. You know, like basically, you walk into Walmart and, you know, those... They put those sign things over the metal detectors and it's got advertisements on it for new and product stuff like games or movies or whatever. And here it is. This movie's in theaters and here's the movie poster right there. When you walk into Walmart, I mean, they're selling a game, but here, it, you know, I mean, it's just everywhere. It's part of the merchandising, uh, merchandising, uh, media push for selling this movie. You know, they make so much money off these movies, not just the movies ticket sells itself, but the merchandising, you know, all these people come in to pay for the licensing and they get a chunk of the profits too. Cause it's part of the deal. And these companies make a huge, it's, it's a big deal. It's just a big deal. But at the end of the day, I, I made the joke last week about saying, I hate saying mobile games because that it's starting to become just gaming, meaning that, the platform's redundant. 
you know, do you like playing Pokemon? Well, those are all on portable devices for the most part, that kind of thing. So this license tied in game. Well, what system is it on? It's redundant. This mobile tie in game is on something everyone has their Android or their iPhone or something, you know, everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket and they can play this new game and sink money into it so they can get more gems to recharge their characters. And, and the studio is getting all this extra advertising and all that, you know, that that's just the way it works. You know, the most popular game in the world still is like Pokemon go. I mean, people who don't play video games or even played Pokemon before, I like going on pub crawls based on Pokemon because there's bars where Pokemon are sighted at and they're going in and having a couple of beers and then going to the next one. Or my brother, my older brother, who has never cared about Pokemon once in his entire existence, has caught every single Pokemon and is really good at this game because he, he likes hunting. He's like an outdoorsman and this game appeals to the <laughs> that hunting at, uh, mentality he has, you know. It's just the nature of the beast. Now, you know, consoles are not dead by any stretch of the imagination, and neither is PC gaming or anything. Just the licensed tight end stuff is farting away from it because it's really, like I said, why this company sinks all this money into developing, you know, all these millions of dollars to make a PlayStation game that's going to be on Xbox and a Switch or whatever. And they're going to sell so many copies at release. And then they're going to sell a lot at Christmas and, you know, stuff like that. Or they can get their license. Spend a f- I'm not saying it's cheaper to develop for these uh, smartphone games, but they're not putting, sinking hundreds of million dollars into it. You know, maybe $100 million or $50 million or whatever to basically pay the people who are programming it and the artists and whatever. And they put it out and they're making a fortune off of those little $5 in-game purchases because you're like, oh, wow, it's it's Action Pony Optimus Prime. I want that one. Oh, $3? Sure. You know, you don't even think about it. You know, these people don't, people who sink the money in these games don't really think about it because they're like, it's just $2. It's just $3. And they make a fortune off of, you know, Angry Birds Transformers is three years running strong and I've stopped playing it, but it's still going. You know why? Cause people are still buying those packs for it. You know, it's, they're still making money off of it and it's a game that's free entry, you know? And so for a license type that, if you can buy the product at your Walmart or target, it's, it's said it's, it was a completely commercially driven thing. And this is something that's literally a, we're sh- we have to strike while the iron is hot moment, meaning the movie's out this summer, cash in on that, cash back in on when it gets released on video, and then Christmas is here, it's going to be one of those Black Friday deals where the game's $25, and now we've sold a million dollar, million copies of it at Christmas time, type of things, you know. I remember uh, Bugs Life. Everyone makes a joke about the old Bugs Life PlayStation game. Because you know that movie came out, and of course they put the game out because it's right at Christmas time. And I think someone's mom bought it for their kid for Christmas because they saw it in the store because, hey, Billy liked that movie. You can still buy Bugs Life on the PlayStation Store. I, can, my, I remember uh, 1999, a good year after Bugs Life came out, 
it was Christmas, and my brother wanted a PlayStation. Like, I already had one. But he wanted one of his own. You know, we didn't live... I, I done moved out. You see, he still lived at home. And my mom got him a PlayStation for Christmas. And she just got him a hodgepodge of discount games to put in. Where, like, she got him... Like, Gran Turismo was on the Greatest Hits edition. You know, where PlayStation would, after so much time, put it as a Greatest Hits package. Where they'd repack it and sell it for 20 bucks. And then she bought him some other discount ones. Like, uh, I think there was a... At the time, Army Men was a pretty popular game franchise. It was one of those. And Finding Nemo. And there's my brother. Like, why'd you get me Finding Nemo? I'm sorry, not Finding Nemo. Bugs Life. Like, why'd you get me Bugs Life? And Mom's like, well, that was a good movie. <laughs> That's 100% what they're doing. You're, you know, someone's grandma's like, oh, he likes those Transformers. That's why they put them out. But now... That little Jimmy can just open his app store and there's, it's right there. So th- those movie tie-in games are going more toward that because it's more instant gratification monies. And it's, you know how, you know how they just kind of disappear off the store. That's when they stop making money off it. They're like, you know, it's been a few weeks now. Pull it. <laughs> we'll put another one out and they do, you know, a game like, War for Cybertron or whatever. That's a triple A game with a licensed property because they're like, sure, we could make space robot shooty man game, but let's take something really popular instead and just spend a couple of hundred thousand on that to make it sell better. But Eric, thanks for your question. I hope that answered it for you. I hope I just didn't ramble. I know I've been kind of rambly lately and it's kind of therapeutic to ramble sometimes on this thing, I guess. You can just go and get words out of your mouth. Well, guys, I think I'm going to go grab my fidget cube and just watch TV for a while just to burn off some extra energy and get some TV I've been needing to catch up on behind me. But, guys, hey, Eric, thanks for everyone for listening. Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun, is part of the Radio Free Cybertron family shows. You can find us all at tfradio.net for all the shows and showtimes. And while you're there, please check out those Amazon links. Just give us a hand there. And, guys, I'm Rob. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at RoboRobSpringer. And since you're on the internet, please check out my website, ZoneBase.org. And guys, this is episode 99. Next week will be episode 100. Now, I'm not making a big deal about it, because it's... I don't know. It, I, 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 I don't really... Uh, like Episode 500, but 100, I'm like, hey, I've been doing this for two years. But I think I should do something... Just to be like, just to commemorate the fact I've been doing this two years. So there's exactly one th- new thing going to start happening with episode 100. I can tell you that. And there's one other thing I want to do to make it a landmark episode, but it may not go through. So if it doesn't go through, episode 100 will have a new thing, and I'll take a moment to reflect on two years of doing this show. But either way, I'll be back next week with episode 100. And thanks, everyone, for listening for 99 episodes so far. I can't believe I've made 100 of these things. It's one of those things you just don't realize you've made so many of them until you look at the number and go, huh, weird. But guys, I'm going to go do that TV thing now. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll be back next week with episode 100. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I said thanks for listening like 50 times because I appreciate you. High fives. Gonna go now, bye. 
This has been Being Awesome with Rob Springer. Transform, save the future. Tell me, I'm a little bit of a power.